All right. Welcome, everybody, to Battle City Broads, uh, our podcast where we review the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. Uh, my name is Jenny. I'm Ellie. And we also have a guest with us today. <laughs> Say hello. Hi, uh, I'm Evan, um, better known as uh, Petunio. Uh, I'm a friend of Ellie's from, um, I guess, Fantastic Four Twitter. <laughs> yes, from Twitter. <laughs> and uh, and 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 I'm the one. I'm the one they ask about Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We did do that. <laughs> yeah. So today we watched some interesting Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> and um, so I guess we should start by asking Petunio, uh, what's your? Give us your background or your history with Yu-Gi-Oh. Have you seen the show before? What's kind of your? Are you what's your perception fan? of Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. too? Generally, like, what do you think of when I when I say Yu-Gi-Oh? What do you think of? <laughs> well, so so the thing is, I remember when Yu-Gi-Oh was new. I, I must have been like in middle school, or yeah, probably like the end of middle mm-hmm. school, and my dad really wanted me to be into Yu-Gi-Oh! Because at the time, I was obsessed with Pokemon. And (laughs) he was like, I saw, I remember him saying vividly to me, he was like, I was reading the newspaper, and they said there's this new show that's like Pokemon, but but darker and cooler. You you should watch it and and try it. He was so sick of the Pokemon theme song yeah, that he was yeah, like, pretty, watch something pretty, new. Pretty much. <laughs> I love that. And so I watched the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh, and I remember vividly that I was terrified. Actually, like the first episode, the U.S. episode. So the first episode yeah, of Duel Monsters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember vividly that I was terrified of two things. The concept of losing my soul, mm-hmm. like grandpa lost his soul in, again, spoilers. And mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of the character, but there's a monster that's like a puppet that has no face that Pegasus uses in the initial shadow duel. And they scared me and I was like, I am never watching Yu-Gi-Oh! again. Fast forward, maybe a year or two later, and it was like always on after Pokemon. Uh, it's something I know you guys mm-hmm, have mentioned yeah. on the podcast. And mm-hmm. I would watch it because it was like on after. And I was like, this show is hilarious because it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> so then I kind of fell in love with it as this like hilarious artifact that made no sense. If all you know is the four kids dub and not in order and all of those things, you can't blame me for saying that it makes no sense. So it was just something that I loved. I was obsessed in high school with Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series, if you guys remember that. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, yes. Yeah, we've... A lot of people... We might even do an episode on that, but we have... uh, We're thinking of doing a debate episode where Jenny tries to convince me to stop disliking The Abridged series. (laughs) I, I really don't have any strong memory of it anymore. I just remember disliking it. I still really like it. I was rewatching it recently, and honestly, at least to me, it held up. But uh, we can th- we'll discuss this <laughs> we'll more see. later. And then you know, years later, I remember, and this is kind of where I'll where I'll end the story. But so when I was in graduate school, which must have been like five years ago at this point, Yu Gi Oh was on Netflix at the time. The four kids mm-hmm. dub and. Uh, I was going through a major depressive period and I decided that I was going to basically be consistently watching Yu-Gi-Oh! 
So I would listen to Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes on Netflix like it was a podcast. I would basically <laughs> walk around my apartment like doing chores and just not even be looking at the screen. I'd just have it like in my pocket with my headphones on and just listening to the four kids dub of Yu-Gi-Oh! And I made it all the way through the the Pegasus stuff. Mm-hmm. Then the episode, and again, real spoilers, but the episode where there's a little girl who has a teddy bear who is a Rebecca. master duelist. Rebecca, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm done. And uh, I stopped there. Reasonable. But I still, you know, I have... I think you were um, I think you were psychically sensing the beginning of filler because that is the beginning of filler. <laughs> I don't know what it was. has no way of knowing. But maybe, maybe I just wasn't as depressed at that point. But I was like, okay, I'm done. But no, Yu-Gi-Oh! is still something that I, I feel warm emotions to. I cannot play the card game. I've tried multiple times to learn, but because it is not the exact same as Magic the Gathering, it confuses me. Yeah, this is what I experienced in reverse when yep. my friend tried to teach me Magic the Gathering one time. Yep. And uh, that's that's pretty much it, I guess. This was my first time watching a season zero episode mm-hmm. and a Japanese episode in general. And let me tell you, I did not expect Yugi's voice to be so high. <laughs> he, yeah, I—I I mean, I wasn't expecting it. For, yes, he—he's baby. <laughs> yes. Okay. Really quickly too, I was looking it up because I was curious, and the card that scared you from watching Yu-Gi-Oh too much in the beginning is the card Illusionist Face, Illusionist Faceless Mage. That's the um, card. That's you, the guy. You cut out briefly mm-hmm. when you were describing it. And I was like, I guess I'll just never know. <laughs> so I didn't hear that part because um, of my, my connection cut out for a second. But yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's a spooky one. There's a lot of spooky monsters. It has some uh, kind of actually in the theme of a later episode we'll be reviewing with some creepy doll behavior. So mm-hmm. foreshadowing. I was, mm-hmm. guessing it, I was guessing that you were going to say Sagi the Dark Clown, which I'm pretty sure is also in that episode maybe um oh there's a clown in that too yeah yeah, yeah. isn't Sagi the clown a kaiba card yeah but you see i think he plays it um in the when they show him dueling yami in that episode yeah i mean you got a whole season but Mm -hmm. i think there's a duel with kaiba and a duel with pegasus in that first episode yeah Okay, yeah. So, All right. so this Are one. Are you guys ready to dive well, into the episode? <laughs> I'm never gonna be ready. I just want to say real quick that Petunio, when I I pitched this to you, I was like, "Oh, um, there's this one that's about an evil Tamagotchi. Uh, you could be on that because I know that you like Tamagotchis." <laughs> and that, I do. Yeah, that was as far as he went, and that was before I had actually seen the episode. And now I'm like, I don't know if I would describe this episode as being about an evil Tamagotchi. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get into this at the end of the episode, but this Insane. is one of the ones where they add from the manga, add some extra stuff. A lot of stuff. And their additions are... Uh, uh, they're a choice. Bananas. They're a, they definitely made a decision. That's what I'll say. I should just note real quickly before I forget, in, in, a, in a recent episode, you guys wondered if there was a scene in a bathroom in any other episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! 
Uh, this episode has a scene in a bathroom. <laughs> this scene yeah. has. This episode has has every kind of bad scene you can think of. And without further ado, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this episode is called "The Underhanded Digital Pet Rebellion," um, and it aired May sixteenth in nineteen ninety eight, which was probably around peak Tamagotchi time. Though don't quote me yeah. on that. Um, so the episode starts off pretty tame. Uh, basically it's another school day. You see a bunch of students walking to class and then this, uh, rather rotund gentleman, um, comes barreling down the sidewalk, sort of telling people to get out of his way. He's pushing people in that comical anime fashion in a way that would probably get you in a lot of trouble in the real world, but it's anime, it doesn't matter. So at this point, you know, the students are starting to gossip about him and they say that his name is Kujirata. He used to be like a very quiet and nice kid. Also, my subtitles told me that Kujira is a word for the word for whale in Japanese. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Which I feel like that's a very cruel to name your kid whale based and then No, that that makes sense because I know Gojira comes from the word whale. Oh, so. Yeah, that's so, so definitely some theme naming, but yet again in that one thing where you're like you know, as a kid, I, as a as an as a parent, I feel like naming your kid even slightly whale adjacent is um, asking for trouble, no matter how how thin they are. He can be friends with Iruka from Naruto, whose name means dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching this episode, my my partner was coming in and out of the room, and they asked me if um, this was the origin story of the kingpin. <laughs> From from Marvel because he does look like the kingpin a bit. He's very stocky boy. He's full rectangle. Like saying that he's a big boy is <laughs> not unit. not specific yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. He's he's quite he's uh, very round. Uh, basically like kingpin, but give him this horrible bowl haircut. Um, yeah. So even worse, uh, bald mm. would probably be preferable aesthetically. Um, so and they say we, he used oh. to be. Sorry, they say he used to be such a nice guy until he got a bunch of money. Yeah, exactly. They say this he... is a story about the evils of capitalism, I guess. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! do be like that. And we actually see him, he like pushed somebody on the ground and uh, they got kind of dirty and he's like throwing money at them. Like, oh, sorry, but don't worry, I have money about it. And one last weird quirk we see before the scene ends is that uh, it sort of backs up and we see that somebody is recording him which is kind of odd as though somebody's potentially maybe like recording his behavior. Maybe they're trying to, you know, report him to somebody, but we'll see. It is on a Masio camcorder, which is my favorite brand legally distinct from Casio. <laughs> I should also stress that anyone who's listening to this and didn't watch the episode, you will not be able to guess why he's being recorded. <laughs> you will, you not. will not. You might think be able you know what's about to happen. <laughs> But you do not know what's about to <laughs> I was definitely completely shocked by the twist of this episode because we'll get there. You know, like, in case you're you're thinking, but yes, we'll get to the twist when mm -hmm. we get there. All right, so yeah. now we're go we're zooming in on the gang. The gang are in class, and we see classic Honda behavior. He's complaining. He's very sad that Miho's not there. She's skipped for some reason or not there yet. A teacher's walking by, and all of a sudden, from Joey's desk, he hears a beeping noise. 
Um, Joey Stark's freaking out, and this is the first time we see uh, the episode's main gimmick, which is the Tamagotchi. It's actually called a digital pet product, so we'll just call them digital pets probably throughout the whole episodes, but these are clearly Tamagotchi-inspired. If you don't know what a Tamagotchi is, they're very, they're like, I wouldn't, I'd barely even call them handheld. They're so tiny. It's basically a little digital pet that you had um, as a kid. You'd press different buttons um, sort of over the day to like feed it, make sure it slept, play with it. Kind of the precursor to a lot of like real time games nowadays, like the equivalent I'm thinking of is like Animal Crossing, where it did depend on like how much time actually passed in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, probably the scourge of a lot of elementary school teachers as kids got (laughs) constantly distracted and were thinking about these kind of pets. Yeah, which is exactly what happens here. Yes, I, I did like I like that Genochi explains to the teacher the entire concept of the Tamagotchi, uh, just in case that will get the teacher to understand why he's interrupting class. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Joey's like, don't worry. If I explain well enough how important this pet is to me, you will let me off. Um, some important things that Joey mentions about the digital pets is basically the more you take care of them, the better they'll turn out to be. What better exactly means is a little vague, but, you know, they'll be better. They'll look cooler, healthier, be, I guess, stronger. You can also connect to Tomagachis and have them sort of uh, interact and become friends. Uh, The teacher is not impressed, however, and tells Joey to shut up and focus back on class. These Tamagotchis are a lot cooler than real Tamagotchis, yeah. <laughs> which, as as Ellie mentioned, I I was a big fan of at the time. You know, I was... I was seven in 1998, Mm -hmm. so that was the right age to be excited about digital pets. Mm -hmm. And it it is the case with Tamagotchi that the more you took care of it, the quote-unquote better it would turn out. Almost like Pokemon, they would like change forms, and the form that it changed into was based on like, well, how much care did you give? But it was nowhere near as sophisticated as they are here. I would say they were all basically weird ducks. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like four four different weird ducks. There was some bear ones, I think, too. I don't know if I, I yep. there was like a cute little bear one. I remember because we only had one in my entire family. So me and my two siblings had to like trade taking care of it. <laughs> Timeshare Tamagotchi. Yeah, Timeshare Tamagotchi. And uh, God, we would get into such fights over it. Um, I actually, I think we, I still have the Tamagotchi, but it's just totally out of battery and like unfixable somewhere in my parents' house now. Yeah, there was a bear, there was a duck, there was like a worm that was also a duck. It had like a duck nose. Oh, there was one that kind of looked like a raccoon. Yeah, in this, your Tamagotchi, your digital pet seems to be more like tailored to your personal aesthetic as a human (laughs) in ways that I'm not really sure how that happened (laughs) yeah exactly we see joey's and it looks kind of i don't know how to explain this it looks kind of like a churlish turnip uh with a (laughs) with a a vaguely like you know i wouldn't call it punk but like you know uninterested or shifty and then it's vaguely turnip looking and then we'll see we'll see what the other uh the other ones look like as well in the future but basically after class anzu's like why didn't you just turn it off and Joey's like, no, I'm going to have the best pet of all time. Uh, and this, at this point, we actually see Anzu and Yugi take out the, they have their own digital pet toys. So they take them out. Um, we see theirs. Anzu's is super cute. Yet again, with the, her sort of name theme, Anzu means peach, right? I think Anzu, I think Anzu means peach. Apricot? I'm pretty sure Anzu means peach okay. because, <laughs> because the ship 
between Anzu and Yugi is called peach shipping. So that's oh, how I that's why I remember that's that. That's gotta be it. You're right. Okay. Well, then hers looks like a cute little peach, so very un- with her name. And Yugi's is basically like a, a little blob with his uh, fi- giant spiky hair surrounding yeah. it. A very cute version of it's that. Like, it's like imagine his hair, but the sort of the yellow fringe part in the front is like hands instead yeah. on top of a little cartoon circle face it's very cute yeah so oh, it's also named you too <laughs> yeah uh can i just can i just uh say i had to pause the episode when they reveal that yugi's digital pet is named you too which <laughs> so the subtitles cute. spell the subtitles spell exactly how you would think it would be spelled like the band you yeah. too <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a band that i'm i'm a casual fan of I, I wouldn't call myself a super fan but i looked up what u2's most recent album was in 1998 <laughs> uh the year prior pop was released uh pop had a really difficult uh recording cycle and I would say it is not a good album. <laughs> so U2 was not at their best at this point. It ain't, well, ain't no Joshua Tree, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Joshua Tree was like 10 years prior. Like, I had no idea. And like, does this suggest that like Yugi's favorite band is U2? Like, this I think isn't... it's literally just supposed to be like his name, like the first part of his name, and then two, like Yugi Jr. But I love the idea that he's actually just a huge U2 fan. We have JoJo fans. <laughs> we just assume that all all manga writers are thinking about American bands. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, but like, you're probably right that it is probably like U2. Like, it should have been subtitled as like y u dash two or like uh u junior that wasn't how my subtitle said it (laughs) yeah it is also spelled u2 like the band in the manga so (laughs) well in mine it was y u two so that's Mm, i mean i was about to say that's how i'll say it but actually wouldn't matter because i'd say it the same way no matter Anyway, um, so finally, oh wait, we do get um, Honda who's still in a bad mood because he hasn't seen Miho all the all day, and he is powered by um, pure simp energy. <laughs> Honda's like these pets are so stupid. I'd rather be cleaning things uh, in real life. He's basically doing the equivalent of like go outside and touch some grass. Um, but yeah, so I, can I just break in here? Um, uh, Petunia, were you expecting that in season zero, Honda would be this clean freak who is obsessed? I, I mean, again, so like, like I've been listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. so I knew that there would be something about this, but <laughs> it's the true extent <laughs> of it, really. Yeah, you cannot. We are underestimating how much of an embarrassing dweeb. Who only thinks I'm, about Miho he is. <laughs> I'm I'm so speechless. I was so upset <laughs> by just how bad of a character Tristan or um Honda. Again, I'm always going to Yeah, it's fine, fine yeah, it's totally if you fine. use the dub names. Everybody I knows only have knowledge ever, of the Everyone fortunes. will know what you're talking about. Yeah. What is going on? Like, it's like yeah, he's like, I would rather weird. be throwing trash in the garbage. And like 
It's like if Cookie Monster, instead of loving cookies, loved throwing trash in the garbage. (laughs) That's like the level of like, just we'll bring it up at any moment that we're getting where it's like, did somebody say throwing trash in the garbage? (laughs) That's not a thing that kids are. I'm a teacher. You know, like literally, I currently- You've seen every type of teen. (laughs) Well, I literally, I have a, a girl in my class now who set up a recycling program for the school, which is great. But like, I don't know, she talks about other things. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not her personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a cool thing weird. she does. It's not her personality. Yeah. And the Miho stuff too is another thing because like, I didn't know what or who Miho is yeah. because for whatever reason, she doesn't join them. Oh, it's, on she, this. It, this is another, like, it's unique to this anime. I think they were like, oh, we need another yeah. girl character. Yeah, so Miho is like, she's like a one-off character in one chapter of the mm-hmm. manga with a completely different personality. Yeah. And they pretty much just took her name and design and the animators decided to, like, elevate her to main character status in this anime. But then I guess the um, new production company for Dual Monsters was like, I don't think we need Miho. So she only shows up in season zero. But it's like, Miho, I... Um, I will also, I'm not afraid to say, unlike unlike Tristan, I hate Miho. Yeah. Um, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I love Miho. She's horrible. That's why I love her. I'm in the middle. She isn't a character. Like, she really is just, like, something that Tristan wants, at least in these episodes that we watched. Yeah. There's not a lot to her, but yeah. I cannot stand, and I'm curious if you guys know something about this, because you guys know a lot more about Japanese than I do. Because again, I only just, I've only watched four kids dubs of animes. <laughs> um, why does she talk about herself in, third in the person? third person? That's a pretty common, like, yeah. girl anime behavior. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's something that, like, actual Japanese people do in real life. Mm-hmm. But I'm given to understand that it's like, at least in anime, it's like a cutesy way of talking that... I think you see on, you see it on like child characters a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what I felt is I felt like, I mean, again, I mean, like technically they are children. They yeah. are, you know, high schoolers. But I found it very infantilizing and like not to make my second Sesame Street reference of the day, but like <laughs> you, that's not a surprise coming from me. But like, it's like Elmo, you know, but Elmo is supposed to be three and a half. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. cute when he does it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just I think it's more just like generally cutesy. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's a thing that like actual Japanese teens would do, but it's definitely a thing that I have encountered in other anime before from like cutesy here. I, I think probably especially if you're not used to it, it can probably be kind of grating. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, again, listen, if if I'm sorry to any uh, Miho stands who are listening, I'm, I'm sorry if Tristan one. is- Don't worry about it. <laughs> if, if Tristan is listening, if Tristan is listening, I'm sorry I insulted your quest to clean garbage and <laughs> your your beloved, but- um, But deserved, honestly. Uh, good good riddance that she isn't in, uh, in season one. <laughs> And uh, and good riddance that Tristan isn't running around Duelist Island being like, let me let me sweep up after Weevil Underwood. Like, no, 
Well, don't worry. He finds somebody. Yeah, instead in, he just kind of doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything, and then in the anime, they give him a different unnecessary love interest that is involved in a love triangle. So uh, maybe we'll have you on for one of those episodes. Jeez. Oh, so uh, unfortunately, yeah. Honda slash Tristan cannot catch a break there. That's so true. But yeah, so uh, Miho, the girl in question, has arrived at class now. She's like a couple periods late. Uh, Miho, she takes out her digital pet. It's a very cute. It's got a really cute like a little bow just just like a cute little pet and she's like oh I've been really I had to skip school because I was taking really good care of my pet my digital pet relatable and she says oh yeah I'm I needed to take good care of it because I want to go to Australia uh and at this point a couple of them are like what are you talking about and apparently there's a digital pet competition on on that coming Saturday which is a couple days away where the best pet is going to when whoever has the best pet is going to win a trip to Australia. And actually Joey Joey knew this, which is why he was so into the pet building. He he did not oh, discover yeah. he just his gamer soul. He wants to go to Australia. Yeah, he wants to go to Australia. This, this like checked out to me as something plausible thing that that a company would do. I guess I'm just curious how they would how would they decide who the best pet is? Like does it have stats? I don't know. I mean, I guess they have some kind of like determining factor yeah. of stats or something Quick that isn't Tamagotchi detailed. difference though is though I feel like with Tamagotchis if you fed them too much or did too much with them, it actually also punished you. I might be misremembering. But like No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're Cuz right. I think they had to build that in cuz otherwise parents would kill them uh like destroy the <laughs> ask for the company to be like destroyed <laughs> but you like you literally if you took too if you spent too much time with it it would get annoyed at you so an interesting difference there as well i mean but it's also like in a tamagotchi there's no way to evaluate best because again it's just going to become one of four animals yeah. like <laughs> it's either you know a duck a duck that's also a worm a bear or a raccoon it isn't you know any anything beyond that and it's like yeah the, these tamagotchis again and and this is kind of like i feel like this is always the case with this show and i'm saying that literally af- af- with only watching two episodes and listening to some of your podcast. Mm-hmm. But like the games are always more advanced in ways that could never be possible. And that's the because fun. like Well <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like, yeah, okay. Maybe it's like whoever managed to to get the most, you know, like the coolest looking pet. Because mm-hmm. it seems like there's a a limitless amount of things that they can look like. You know, like Yugi's hair or yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool, honestly, if you could design your own pet. That's something like a very simple. Yeah. But anyway, so Miho then in a in a move that I this cemented, there's been earlier we've been talking about Miho uh, a little bit, um, just since she's a new character. And like she's always sort of on this fine line of like, does she know that Hamda's into her or not? And in a move that I would argue she definitely knows what she's doing. She's like, I'm yeah. so tired though of taking care of my pet. But I really want to win this trip to Australia. It's for a pair. <laughs> Which, yeah. of course, triggers Honda's, you know, animal monkey brain. And he's like, don't worry, my sweet maiden. I will take care of your digital pet now. And make sure that you win. Um, and Joey's like, dude, you, what were you just saying? You are such a hypocrite. And Honda's like, actually, I've, de- I've decided that there's no difference between 
cleaning up trash in the real world and the digital world. <laughs> I did screen cap the line. I've decided there's no difference between the digital world and the real world. <laughs> which, which is the plot of Digimon. Uh, so this was, you know, <laughs> like before. Time. <laughs> or I guess during. I don't know the order there. But yeah, that's that's like, you know, that's it. Uh, Honda goes full transhumanist. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Miho's like, oh, thank you. Um, so at this point, we get to see uh, one new char- other new character who plays a um, kind of important role this episode. Um, Yugi, he looks over and there's a small, nerdy looking kid, um, you know, small bowl cut. He's got kind of like darkish hair, glasses. He's probably one of the few people that are smaller than Yugi. Um, yeah. Which means that he's probably four foot five in a world full of mutants. So really feel bad for him <laughs> with that. Um, so Yuki goes over to him and says, oh, hey, do you want to play um, digital? Do you have a digital pet? Do you want to uh, play with us? Because, you know, he's a kind soul and he, he saw someone looking bothered. Um, so this kid, his name is Hayama. Um, and Hayama says, oh, no, I, I don't have one. But just as Yuki's talking to him, Kujirada, our, the, our rotund friend from the beginning of the episode, uh, sort of bursts into the room and says, hey, Hayama, I need to talk to you really quickly. We, we have to go. So Hayama looks pretty bummed at this. Uh, he, he, looks, he looks pretty depressed, so it's pretty easy to infer what's going on. Um, and that's where they head to the bathroom. There's a great... Yugi is, you know, he's a very concerned kid. So he... And, and he's like, I've got to make sure nothing nefarious is going on. So he, in some very poorly animated sneaking... Like, I don't know what happened. But, like, basically, both the animation and the frame rate was basically... It almost looked as though somebody was taking, like, a still of Yugi and then, like, shifting it over <laughs> several inches at a time. He sneaks over... Um, Hayama and Kujirada are having some sort of congress in the bathroom and we see them exchanging money so <laughs> Yugi is, a, is an innocent soul so he's just like oh I, I, this must be bullying because this has probably happened to him so many times before Yugi's like I've been made to I've been forced to pay bullies money before well that is what happened the plot of the very first episode isn't it him being forced to pay bully, pay bully money it's true we've yeah. seen it happen to him also, to be fair, this is bullying. Yeah, yeah, it is bullying. What is going on? Again, as a teacher, I would define the events of this episode as bullying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you for insight. I would be forced to define it as bullying. However, yeah, I wouldn't. Oh boy, yeah, I'm not going to spoil. Yeah, so so uh, they they both leave at this point, and Yugi catches Hayama and is like, "Hey, are you okay? What's happening?" And Hayama's like, "Oh my gosh, did you see that?" And Yugi's like, yeah, like, if you need to talk to me, I'm so sorry, this is happening. And Hayama's like, don't tell anybody that you saw that. And so Yugi's like, okay, I I won't. Probably figuring that he's embarrassed and, you know, unscared and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was just going to say, I kind of get the vibe that the dynamic between Yugi and Hayama is like, uh, this is something that is like, sort of, unfortunately, sort of relatable for me, and maybe also to other people. But the thing where you're like, very much uncool but then there's in high school but then there's like one kid in the class who's less cool than oh, you oh deeply mm-hmm. relatable to my middle mm-hmm. school experience deeply mm-hmm. I, me and the yeah. girl who uh who wore a foxtail to school before the furry mo- movement was big or before <laughs> that was even moderately mainstream skylar if you're out there i still remember you hope you're doing well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but there's always like that one person just 
you know, the vicious social hierarchy of high school. And it's like, I want to reach out and be nice to this person. But also, I don't really know if that I like them that much as a person. And I don't necessarily want to sort of, yeah, glom onto them or whatever. But yeah, that's definitely the vibe that you get from these interactions is that mm-hmm. Yugi is like, but Yugi's nice and he's, yeah, he's willing to reach out to. Yeah, and he actually runs over and he he gives him a digital pet. He gives him his own digital pet. Yugi's like, here's an extra digital pet. I'm assuming he had a couple extra, probably got some from Grandpa. Just a very yeah. sweet gesture and Hayama seems grateful and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, moving on a bit, class has now started. The teacher is like, hey, where where's Honda gone? Um, at this point, a random student gives the teacher a note from Honda, and Honda <laughs> Honda's written note that says, "I have to take off school to raise a child." <laughs> yeah, taking the day off to raise a child. I have to raise my beautiful, me and Miho's beautiful son. He does not say that, but that's probably what he's thinking. And Joey and Anzu are like this moron <laughs> um but he was somehow able to sort of get away with that um well we he sort of gets away with it we, we cut to him at home i hated this scene <laughs> <laughs> he's like obsessively um taking care of the pet for the first time we see his like immaculate triangular hair disturbed which is like <laughs> even worse than him having his immaculate triangular hair because it it shows like how you know, it's really reality breaking. Yeah, he looks like crap. He's got eye sh- like uh, big bags under his eyes, and then he proceeds to have like a fantasy moment where he's imagining Miho in a swimsuit on their Australia vacation. And then when the fantasy ends, <laughs> they cut to Tristan's crotch. Yeah, like the camera is like weirdly low, and I'm like, what are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> it's, like. It's tough something like we get it we know we know yeah oh i think that there's there's one point two i don't know if this came earlier or later this is in my notes but i don't have it but at one point two miho's talking about the trip and she's like oh like i i need to make sure that i have like i have like romantic nightwear for the trip which makes the revelation at the end of this episode very strange but we'll circle back to that but i mean i'm just saying like i don't think that Honda is an idiot, but like he's not entirely mis like Miho's putting it down a lot of mixed signals. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely actively like has realized that she can get something out of manipulating this boy who has an obvious crush on her and is leaning into Absolutely it. Is. Oh, also we hear um we hear Honda's we do not see her, but we hear Honda's mom yell at him, so confirmed that he has a mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike other characters in this series whose parents are never seen in any capacity. Honda's mom is like, please, I almost prefer you being an annoying hall monitor. <laughs> All right. So it's the next day at school. Uh, we see the gang walking after a full school day. And Joey's like, uh, Honda skipped class the entire day today. Again, I cannot believe this is happening. But they're distracted. They see sort of at one of the other local toy shops, there's been a new release of a digital pet. There's a special gold digital pet. Anzu's like, what, what What? even is that? And Yugi's like, oh, it's a limited edition digital pet, only 100 copies, and a particularly amazing pet can be raised with it, which seems unfair, especially for the competition. Pay to win. Yeah, yeah it's pay I to mean, win. It's... Actually, you know, that's pretty realistic considering how all <laughs> yeah. gaming is nowadays, sadly. Yeah, they're going to introduce trading cards. Like, <laughs> it's the same concept. Oh, uh, yeah. 
exactly. So, you know, just as all gaming is, pay to win. I think they say that it's 50,000 yen, which is about like the equivalent of like 500, 550 US dollars, which especially for a kid, mm-hmm. that's pretty insane. Yeah. I mean, that's more than my Nintendo Switch, which can play like seven games. So if I was going to pay $550 <laughs> for a slightly better <laughs> bet, it better emerge re- real after I raise it or something. <laughs> Kujirata. Um, appears he has been drawn by the uh, scent of something that he can buy with all of his money. Uh, however, ra- rather than like go purchase it, he proceeds to smash in the window <laughs> and just take which, it. <laughs> uh, which yeah. is a total Wilson Fisk kind of move. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I will say the store owner comes out and and is like, "What the hell? You can't do that!" And Kujirata does like throw a shit ton of money at him, implying that he's like paying not only for the toy but for the window which is an ultimate just i'm so rich i can do whatever the hell i want move but pretty funny at this point yugi is like that must be the uh, that he must have an extortion racket going because i saw you know hayama giving him money he suddenly got all of this money out of nowhere uh he must be bullying people um, and Joey's particular mentions, oh, Kujirata used to not even have lunch money, which as we meant, saw in a further, saw in the previous episode with Anzu getting fancy lunches, lunch money is directly correlated to your wealth amount. So very important mm-hmm. way for judging that. And then uh, Anzu gives a little more backstory on Kujirata and says he used to actually not even be just like a quiet kid. He used to be a pretty good kid, but he just at a certain point started acting really strange at this point, we cut to a house. We do not see who or what is exactly is happening, but somebody is uploading pictures of Kujirata from a camera onto a computer um, and then printing out photos of Kujirata. And we see sort of like an ominous smile. And we're not really sure who's doing this or what's going on. Cut to a couple days later, and we are seeing Anzu. She's like, okay, Honda's now been out of class for three days, which uh, pretty, I don't know what he pulled with his mom to get away with that, but I, I do think that's pretty powerful. I'm going to say that's a W for him, because uh, very impressive that you could get away with this. Uh, and Miho is like, he's watching over our son. I'm about to win the contest. This is great. <laughs> and she's, you know, she's not wrong. A very cute scene. Joey and Yugi decide to do a little pet exchange it was mentioned earlier that the oh pets yeah is this where of... they say that the pets can go on a date <laughs> yeah they say the pets can go on them? a date and i i know we'll talk about the manga chapter at the end of the episode but i just want to say that uh something i was so sad that they cut is in the manga chapter i remember I explicitly he's like like we must mate or something like you your pets must mate and honda's like shut the fuck up dude you sound gay and i was so sad they cut that <laughs> yeah it's a favorites. very funny moment i mean also it's a very funny panel where um yugi's like if you plug the two pets uh into each other they can mate and like level up i guess mm-hmm. and then um Jinoshi yells yugi and i must mate at once <laughs> honda's like dude think about what you're saying <laughs> so very it's sad very that that moment gets lost but you know um so they do mate <laughs> um so it's pretty funny it's a very cute interaction you see sort of both of the pets blip on screen uh you see joey's pet who's named joe start just like kicking (laughs) kicking for you too (laughs) and everyone's like he's bullying him now Anzu in particular is like you're such even your pet is a dick (laughs) but basically at the very end of it like there's a little data exchange and then 
they both the pets seem to calm down and then Joe leaves. So kind of reminiscent of like their first meeting. So Joey seems kind of uh, bashed by this. He's kind of embarrassed. But Yugi's like, I think that, I mean, it doesn't say that things always go well. Like the whole point is that your pets grow when interacting with other people. So Yugi's like, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so at this point, Kujirata appears and he's like, I have the $500 golden pet. So fuck you guys. I'm going to win. Joey's like, you're you're a bad father. I can read it on your face. There's no way you could raise a good pet. So Kujirata then shows the golden pet, which he's named. Uh, and, and let me know if you missed if there's a different translation because this didn't seem accurate to me. Devil Master? Is that yeah, what mine think? says Devil Master as well. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what mine. Oh, says I, I, it's just a bad name then. I was like, I was, I have notoriously shitty translations, and I was like, that sucks as a name. Uh, that can't be real. That must be my tra- my translation. But nope, he's just horrible. I mean, it's a bad name for a bad pet. True. Yeah. How would you describe this pet? How would you describe this pet? It's so difficult it's like to describe. An oval with a circle on top, <laughs> and the circle is a face, and the face is mad. And then it's got a like star on its belly, a big star on its stomach, and then like many hands, like four hands, two legs, kind of like picture Lediba from Pokemon in your head, but make Lediba evil <laughs> without wings. Evil wingless Lediba. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that. I don't. I think it's kind of a fun design, honestly. <laughs> okay, well, I don't mind. I actually, I, like I think it. it's I a like funny, stupid design when it's in its digital form. However, at this point, Kujirata grabs oh, yeah. Anzu's pet, um, and this time, so when Joey and Yugi had linked up, it basically just showed it on the little screen. However, as soon as Anzu's pet is linked to Kujirata's. It goes into this like three dimensional space as though it's like in the machine, and all of them are given way yeah, more. Yeah, we see like a inside of the digital pet world. This is what's happening. And so, like Anzu still looks like a cute little peach. It's just three dimensional now. However, this thing, rather than being sort of like this like evil but very rotund guy, it's like this horrible like Jabba the Hut esque wrinkly fat like monstrosity uh, that's like leering at at poor Anzu's pet and proceeds to eat it <laughs> just straight up eats it like the peach that it is oh and then it's important to to note that it really seems like permadeath exists in the world of Digi-Pets. yeah it's very yeah. sad yeah because normally you would think that if you like connected to battle two pets you know you would go to the pokemon center afterwards mm. but no one of them just died. The characters react as if their their pet is yeah. dead. Well, and it's implied that like they just don't get to like the pet doesn't return to the machines. I don't know if they have to like mm-hmm. raise a new one. Um so Joey's like, "Okay, yeah. fuck you. Uh we're going to fight now." So they connect and Joe attempts battle with the Devil Master. He gets a couple good hits in, um but ultimately he too falls and is consumed by the Devil Master. Very tragic. So Joey's screaming on the floor in agony. Um. <laughs> At this point, I wrote in my notes, I've been thinking a lot about Neopets drama lately, but I don't remember why I wrote that or what made me think of that in the episode. Is there Neopets 4 drama? Actually, don't answer that. I know that there is, and I don't want to hear about it. Of course there is. I mean, I, I don't know either, but... Yeah. Oh, no. I think what I was thinking about was I was thinking about how um, how much worse Neopets drama would be if you could, like, if when you put your Neopet against somebody else's in the Battle Dome, you could, like, kill them and then they were gone at the end. Yeah. 
permadeath does not exist in any multiplayer game <laughs> yeah, exactly. for this reason. Like, Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there, there was some really insane Neopets drama lately around, like, special pets and people figuring out a way to generate them on the back end that was uh mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. if you're <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know that the neopets drama in tw- the year 2021 is truly on the next level trust me it is <laughs> it's because only the fanatics are left uh yeah. so you know <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so at this point we get a pretty funny scene where Miho's like, how dare you, by like consuming other pets, you're like using all the energy they put into it to like win the contest. And Anzu's like, that's literally exactly what you're doing with Honja. <laughs> Which I thought was yeah. a great Anzu moment. She's like, that's almost exactly what you're doing. Um, but Kujirata's like, all that matters is strength. I'm going to eat your pet too. And he attempts to eat, he attempts to grab Yugi's pet, but then a familiar voice echoes out. Um, Honda appears. He looks like crap uh, still. <laughs> Just absolute like he hasn't slept in three days. His hair is a mess. He brings out his, he's like, I have worked tirelessly raising my son. Uh, here is the most perfect pet ever created. And then we proceed to see his pet, Digital Super Ichigo. I thought his pet was very cute, actually. <laughs> I actually like it a lot too. How would you? Okay, can you describe the pet? It's it's difficult for me. All I all I have written in my notes is just broom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it sort of reminds me of like what is what is the thing that I'm thinking of? The little guy with the okay, never mind. I just looked him up. You know what it looks like, and and this is a. I'm trying to remember the name of the character. I was what I was going to say was it looks like Pajama Sam, but then I just googled Pajama Sam and they look nothing alike. So continue. <laughs> Pajama <laughs> Sam vibes, but not aesthetics. It has a cute little sort of box head. No, who was? It's it's going to bother me. I mean, you can continue. You can continue describing yeah. this. It has I'm a sort of basic find... little cartoon creature like body, and then a kind of rectangular box-shaped head and then it's carrying a little broom. <laughs> I mean, I guess since it's called Sweeper Ichigo, I guess its head is supposed to be a strawberry because Ichigo means strawberry. It cuz and it looks a bit strawberry-ish, but we I don't think we see the sort of inside the digital world detailed design, but it is very cute, I thought. It is. I I genuinely like it as well. It looks like a dweeb, but like a more honest and cute dweeb than Honda himself is. Yeah, I think we've decided that we should just replace Honda with his digital pet and it would improve <laughs> the show. <laughs> um so Honda then challenges Ujirata. Uh, they link up their digital pets. Ichigo is about to bite the dust. He looks like he's about to get his ass kicked. But all of a sudden, Ichigo whips out his handy broom and sweeps the Devil Master away. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. And Honda's like, oh, you don't realize my pet's special ability. It doesn't allow trash to exist and your pet is trash. So it's been eliminated, which is some true uh, late game Duel Monsters level of like, you've activated my card's special ability. <laughs> Just chiming back in, the the character I was thinking of is Grill. It was the final boss of Kirby's Star Stacker. Huh. I'm Googling this. It's like a little circle with a hat and a broom. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I can see these. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's cute. Sorry, I I was distracted by trying to remember the name of the final boss of Kirby's Star Stacker. Honda defeats the evil with the boss from Kirby's Star Stacker is what I'm learning. 
good good to know. Um, so at this point, Kujirada throws a tantrum. He's like, I can't believe I lost. Throws the pat on the ground. And everybody's like, yay, we've, we've beat the monster. We're all done. All of a sudden, there's like this crashing noise or like very off camera. And everyone's kind of confused. Um, Yugi looks around and he sees Hayama at his desk. And he looks kind of upset. And they're like, hey, is everything okay? And Hayama's like, it's fine. Nothing's wrong. Uh, we then get a cut to Kujirada, who's still throwing his tantrum. Um, he's kicking the school walls. And he's like, I can't believe I lost. Can't believe Honda beat me. And all of a sudden, we hear a beeping noise. And he turns around. And we see who was recording him, probably in the beginning and probably through this episode. And it was indeed Hayama, our little nerd boy. That's the twist. <laughs> so so what is this twist? Uh, well, before we talk about it, what, what exactly does this mean? Okay, so he's been recording him. Is he blackmailing him with bad behavior? What exactly is going on? Mm. Well, well, we're about to find out. Yeah, this is really like a, um, a real bait and switch on people who read the manga chapter, especially because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll cover it quickly. But in the manga, it's, it's all Kujirada. There's no that. So I really wasn't expecting this. This really took me took me back. And um, then we have like the last like the last like five minutes of this episode. <laughs> fucking was wild. Really just <laughs> felt like my soul was leaving my body. <laughs> It it completely, again, it threw me. Like, I was like, oh, I understand what's going on. I know what this episode is about. <laughs> you know, they're gonna... Yugi's... I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. So we got five minutes left. In this last five minutes, Yugi is gonna put Kingpin in a shadow game and be like, you shouldn't force other people to play your game and you shouldn't smash windows. And then... <laughs> They're gonna, you know, he's gonna do something bad, and that's gonna make him lose the shadow game. And Yami's gonna give a speech that's like, "Being friends is important, <laughs> and that's why you lost the shadow game." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, I'm ready. I got this. I know how this show works." Uh, and I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the turn that this takes. So we've concluded that Hayama might not be all he seems. Uh, we Our next thing is we see Miho and Honda walking home from school at night. Honda gets momentarily distracted thinking pervy thoughts. This is actually the scene where Miho mentions she's like, oh, I need nightwear for the trip to Australia. And Honda just, of course, completely blue screens at that. Can't think of anything else. Um, he does only do that for about 10 seconds when he hears her screaming, turns around, and uh, she's been kidnapped, and there's a note on the ground <laughs> that says, "Come to the meme warehouse." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I assume it was. It's maybe it's like a Japanese proper noun, and it was like it's like meme warehouse. But I was just like, ah, yes, the, <laughs> the meme, meme warehouse, <laughs> where I keep my memes. <laughs> Truly incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I used to um, I used to think that meme was pronounced meme, meme? because I first <laughs> because the first time I uh, saw people talking about internet memes was in the context of like was at a time when I was very into like anime fandoms, and I think I first saw it in like an anime context. So I assumed that it was a Japanese word. So for quite a while i thought that it was pronounced meme <laughs> anyways i think that's a real grandpa move and i respect that for you <laughs> I, I didn't um, but yuki's yuki is also walking home and in a classic yugi move he sees he's worrying about hayama he's like oh i hope hayama's okay i hope kujirada's not gonna beat him up at in like anger and he notices like a weird shape in the distance and is like, oh, I'm just going to follow this and figure out where it leads because that has never ended up badly for him ever. But it is a very, it's a character. It's just unfortunate. Honda arrives at the Mima warehouse. Oh, the meme warehouse. I love it. Miho is tied up 
Neo is tied up like semi-crucifixion style, like hanging from <laughs> the ceiling. Oh, it looks it looks like a crucifixion. <laughs> I again, I I literally this time I called my partner in and I was like, you have to see what's happening on Neo. <laughs> yes. Really insane. <laughs> okay, so at this point he's like Kujirata, and we see Kujirata emerge from the darkness. However, he is not conscious he's he falls over and we see that his back mark is covered in scars like whip marks and this is where we get the twist is that um a whip suddenly cracks and we see hayama emerge from the shadows uh he looks like way more manic his hair has become like kind of purple and almost like staticky uh he has a whip in his hand and he's like oh my pathetic pet clearly referring to kujirata (laughs) so at this point uh it's very clear that what happened is that hayama has been engaging in psychological uh warfare (laughs) basically training i have questions about the I mean, it's, <laughs> and they don't it's, really explain it's, this yeah they just they're just like whatever <laughs> it's plain and it's plain and simple he's he's tumblr's uh human pet guy oh no <laughs> no um and he just wants to know if he had a human pet would he be allowed to take it to a restaurant <laughs> unironically kind of true um so honda's like what the hell are you talking about and hayama's like oh kujirata is my pet i've been paying him i like give him money to like act the way i want so it's basically implied that he has uh using money basically completely reshaped this guy's personality appearance everything he even whips out like a little like a scrapbook of kujirata and it clear kujirata was clearly like once a normal looking kid very in shape like shy looking i thought those were other people i thought so at first too he said something about how there's no there's other kids too but doesn't he say something about how like my other people sucked like my other previous pet attempts sucked but this this man was willing to like mold himself into my human pet fantasy (laughs) like (laughs) yeah Yeah, so clearly there's some like yeah it's just like human pet fantasy so honda's like this is really this this sucks (laughs) yeah (laughs) And Hayama's like, I don't see a problem with this. This is all consensual or whatever. And it's like, um, what the hell? That's super normal. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah, so at this point, Yugi arrives and is like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? And and Yugi's like, it's wrong to treat other people's pets. And Hayama's like, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. Um, and Hayama then says, oh, Yugi, you saw me during feeding time, which is when they were in the bathroom and Kujirata was giving him money. So literally he- used- Like, guys, this is not okay. <laughs> this is- this is an anime where they're like, you saw me during feeding time. So like, <laughs> like, imagine being like an 11 year old Japanese teenager watching this on like Saturday night and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is so insane. I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. <laughs> this is truly horrible energy. <laughs> I did not enjoy this. Oh, at this point, Hayama's also like, oh, and thanks for nothing for giving me this stupid digital pet. And he takes out the pet that Yugi gave him and threw it in the ground. And Yugi is like, no, don't do that. And Hayama proceeds to whip him. <laughs> and Yugi's like, haha, you suck. <laughs> Yugi, Yugi is like, I can accept enslaving another human, <laughs> but I draw the line at throwing a, throwing a toy on the floor. Unacceptable. So Hayama proceeds to whip him. Yugi takes like one hit and is down. And Hayama's like, you're worthless as a pet. However, he whips Honda a couple times and is like, oh, you have some potential. I'm going to make you a pet, but clearly money is not really what's going to help you. 
maybe I can give you something else. And then he proceeds to like whip off Miho's like hair ribbon, basically implying he's going to like use Miho to like motivate Honda. Just bad all around. It's just absolutely horrid. Just abysmal. <laughs> Literally, my notes are just like key smash. <laughs> just horrific key smash. All right. But at this point, the kink shamer arrives. Uh, and our kink shamer is Yami. He's here to return everyone <laughs> to God's light. And the god is Horus, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> or Ra or whatever. But uh, um, we get the Yami transformation. Um, light glows. And at this point, he's like, it's game time. Yami picks up the digital pet that Hayama threw on the ground. And is like, it's time for a shadow game. Our two pets are going to fight. The pet that was defeated by Honda, the... What was his name? The Devil Master? Devil Master, Basically yeah. appears again uh, and is fi- facing you two in combat. A-, a proxy battle. Yeah, and we kind of see we kind of see the pets and it's not super clear whether this is purely uh, representational or if like the people are also seeing this sort mm-hmm. of the way that he makes, sort of the way that he made, you know, Kaiba hallucinate the dual monsters as or in because this is a shadow game now uh it's not really clear to me but i assumed they could see it because it was a a shadow game mm-hmm. yeah and that would make sense yeah well either way and, and they're acting like they are like hayama they like gives commentary for when because when the battle starts you know um you two is kind of out uh, he's out guns devil master is kind of whooping him around he gets a couple hits in um, but what's this? U2 is evolving. <laughs> um, I love U2's little chirp here. But basically, Yami is like, oh, the data exchange with Joey is finally kicking in. Mm-hmm. Which means that literally um, U2 is is Becoming he's, more uh, evolving. He's growing. And so U2 basically goes through a little Yami transformation as well. It's very cute. Yeah, he becomes sort of purple and angry. Mm-hmm. And advanced. Uh, so U2 is able to punch a one-shot punch Devil Master, and Devil Master falls to the ground, and Hayama starts freaking out and whipping it, um, which, yet again, he's, like, interacting with the pet in the shadow game, which implies he's, like, they're sort of, like, you know, they've become beast masters temporarily. He's whipping it, and in classic hubris fashion, uh, this causes the pet to get up, but rather than attempt to continue fighting you 2 it turns on Hayama, and it's implied that... uh the door of darkness has been opened and Hayama is now going to be punished and his own pet will attack him. Yeah. However, clearly this is when the game kind of breaks and we see uh, the shadow game breaks. Um, so he's clearly gone through some sort of penalty, but we see Hayama sort of on the ground paralyzed in shocks and Yami gives the lesson for the day, which is there's more to pets than food and whips. <laughs> Good <laughs> lessons for us all. <laughs> It was it was translated in in the one that that Ellie and I watched as pets aren't toys. A legitimately good one that lesson actually. Well, but a weird thing to say about tamagotchis, <laughs> which is literally a toy, or about people. So like, yeah, it seems like the lesson should be like people aren't pets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not pets aren't toys. I guess Yami is like. It's okay to do pet play as long as it's more consensual than this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, you could argue that Kujirata consented, but, you know, consent is a complicated thing. It was very weird. Yeah. I think we can just move on and not think about it too much. Yeah, I will say, and then there's not much of a, like, a 
uh, dial down this episode, there, there's one last horrible revelation, which is uh, Miho and Honda are like unconscious on the ground together. Uh, and we see Miho sort of like in her sleep going like, oh, let's go to Australia together mom implying that she was going to bring her mom on the trip and not honda which makes which a like oh man miho you really you really did did him dirty and b why did you mention to honda then that you needed special nightwear for your trip if you were going with your mom <laughs> i don't know maybe she was just hoping to like meet some sexy australian boys so. bring him bring him back to the hotel with with her mom yeah all right <laughs> i know what you mean i know what you mean but yeah so uh Quite a roller coaster episode, and I mean, Ellie, if you want to take the lead on this, a, a bit different from the manga chapter. Well. Yeah, I think we can um, breeze through this pretty quickly because I've kind of mentioned it before, and we're running um, pretty long on time. Mm-hmm. But in the manga, there's pretty much Hayama isn't there. I mean, obviously, I would describe this chapter of the manga as an extremely typical, like, early Yu-Gi-Oh! manga chapter. Mm -hmm. Like, you can pretty much just take this and be like, this is what most of the early chapters of Yu-Gi-Oh! kind of follow the same formula, where it's like, there's a new, uh, some kind of game craze, and then there's a bully-type character who is using that craze to kind of intimidate or bully other people at the school, and then they try to uh, pull that on Yugi, and Yami comes out and puts them in some kind of shadow game. But yeah, so essentially what happens in the manga chapter is... Yeah, okay, so chapter 21 of the manga, is, and it's called uh, Digital Pet Duel. And it's basically you just see the kids looking, you see you see you two, you see Joe. Um, oh yeah, and we were talking about how there seem to be a lot of different options for pets. Mm-hmm. In the manga, uh, Yugi says that there are thousands of creature types and um, everybody's pet will be unique. So I guess there's some kind of formula for like different ways to have, you know, different digital pets, which right. I mean, I guess that's reasonable. And then Kujirata is just some kid at school and he shows up and he's like, my pet is so much better than yours. And then he says that it's basically it's a secret character and he explains that it's like, this can only happen that we don't know the chances of it are incredibly low and they have a special power. So I was imagining it as being kind of like, you know, shiny Pokemon. If your shiny Pokemon was extra powerful and could eat your, <laughs> eat people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like the way it was, it's described. And then um, the same horrible devil monster pet. And then there's kind of a weird scene where Kujirata is sitting alone at home and the pet is, like, talking to him, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is, like, his delusions or something, but it's his saying, evil like... His evil has taken, has, has, you know, taken form. Yeah. That's what I assumed was kind it's of implied. saying, like, you must keep feeding me and stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah, it eats Anzu's pet, plugs it into Yugi's thing, and it tries to eat Yugi's pet, but you two evolves <laughs> with the data that it's turned from Joey. And then... um being defeated and then it just ends with Kujirata being like damn I guess my pet is gone but um at least I can get a good night's sleep now and it won't be harassing me from within the game very unclear what's actually going on there a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and then the, the chapter just ends with um Yugi sitting and he's looking at his little digital pet and he's like they have a limited uh, life and eventually they're gonna die and then he says um like you two is gonna disappear tomorrow morning but 
we had a good time and it's like looking at you two just looking very cute Mm -hmm. inside it's little well and it's also implied that they like have a short a short life so it's like you're gonna die tomorrow but you had a good life you two which is like a little grim but kind of sweet i guess cute i think it's very cute Mm -hmm. but it's an extremely i would say extremely basic like i said and they the, the craziest thing is that like they clearly felt like they needed to pad this but like most of the batshit stuff happens in the last five minutes so I feel like they could have padded it with way more innocent shit like they could have just had like pet shenanigans but instead they had to add yeah. this incredibly bizarre plot about a twist at the end. Pets. Yeah. It was very weird very weird decision but you know a very fun episode a good episode to introduce to somebody who only remembers dual monsters so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was <laughs> glad to be here i definitely was like like i said at the top of the episode i described this to you as this is the episode where there's an evil tamagotchi and because i was thinking that it would just be because i remembered the manga chapter and i was like it's just gonna be like a basic adaptation of the manga chapter and then in order to stretch it to a full episode they're gonna add in some dumb Honda and miho stuff because that's kind of been the pattern so far but i i absolutely was not expecting any of this crazy you're gonna be my pet and attack i'm gonna attack you with a whip like bizarre like vaguely sexual like (laughs) overtones just an extremely cursed episode and then I was like I feel like I should apologize (laughs) for this being for selling this to you unknowingly as it's got it's got an evil Tamagotchi in it and that's what it's about because I mean look you didn't lie it did have an evil Tamagotchi in it it. yeah it does and so much more (laughs) all right (laughs) Well, um, I think we can just wrap up here because uh, we've gone on for a bit. So I'll just say that we'll we'll t- see you next time um, for we're going to have the return of Kaiba and the return of Dual Monsters and uh, the debut of an interesting sort of mini arc that I think is coming up in the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Battle City Broads. If you have any comments, you can contact us at battle city broad on twitter without the s or by emailing us at battlecitybroads at gmail.com 